sometimes people just think of IRA as that money that's sitting out there in this pot and I'm going to get to it eventually, yeah. but there are things that you can do now that can really maximize overall family wealth. Not from Ray and Associates Studio. This is Unsuitable on Tour in Cleveland, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader and help your organization thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for our weekly podcast newsletter. The Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act, that's a mouthful, was passed late last year Since then, its various provisions have been picked apart and dissected from multiple angles. Today, Wendy Schick, a principal in Ray's mentor office and Secure Act scholar, is here to explain some of the changes that are wrapped up in this legislation and how it will affect you and your employees. Welcome to Unsuitable, Wendy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. It's great to be here in Cleveland. So, um, Talk to me a little bit about the SECURE Act and what that did, what changes came from that um, that, are, that are beneficial. The SECURE Act was passed in December of 2019, and it impacts individual taxpayers as well as retirement plans, but I'm okay. going to focus more on the individual and how the imp- impact is for them, okay. particularly uh, regarding their IRAs. Okay, so that the IRA, the, the the individual retirement account. So, did this put in some additional protections for for individuals with regard to IRAs, or what what did it mean um, in in terms of that? Anything? They didn't really change anything in regards to protection. Okay. Uh, they did change how things are going to be taxed, ah. and and when you are required to take money out of your IRA now, as well as. At the time when you do pass away, what happens to some of your beneficiaries? So those are the major changes that have happened. Okay. So, and this was um, a follow-on then to the Tax Cuts and, and Jobs Act, it, not not a part of that, but right. succeeding legislation. Right. What changes did it bring about in terms of the tax treatment with regard to IRAs and distributions and those types of things. Okay, for the first main thing that they changed was your required minimum distribution is now delayed until age 72. Mm. Before it was age 71 and a half, and then you could also delay that a little bit, but now this rule makes it much simpler to deal with. So in the year that you turn 72, you take a distribution now. Okay. And that starts for people who turn 71 and a half in 2020. Okay. So, in, so into effect this year then. Yeah. So did it change the amount of the required minimum distributions at all or, or how that works in no, any way? No, it did not change any of the amount. The same uh, amount is based on a, a 
kind of a life expectancy table, and mm. that changed. I mean, excuse me, that stayed the, the same. Okay. So it did not change that. It just t- changed when you take your first distribution, the time uh, at uh, age 72. But of course, you're always allowed to take it out earlier anytime that you want. Sure. But if you want to delay it, it's now age 72. Gotcha. So what about uh, tax treatment other than other than that? age change? Was there any any change in terms of how those those distributions are, are treated at all? No, no, no change. Um, what did change a little bit um, is there's something called a qualified charitable distribution, mm. which is when you call your IRA brokerage holder and say, hey, I want X dollars, $10,000 to go to my favorite charity. Okay. And when that check would go directly from the IRA to your charity, sure. there's a tax benefit to that. It's really not considered a distribution. Oh, okay. It's not taxed as such. Okay. However, under this new SECURE Act, after eight, at age 70, 71 and a half, before you couldn't make any more IRA distributions, you mm. were disallowed from that. But you are allowed to do that now. And so okay. that can change that taxation and that benefit of that charitable distribution. It's kind of technical. So you'd want to talk to your tax advisor if you go ahead and do an IRA distribution after age 70 and a half, yeah. which is something new. So, yeah, talk to you, right? And maybe you can right. do a little planning <laughs> about using that that charitable contribution in that fashion. Right. Are we seeing any more thought around that? It, it makes me think of uh, like the pooling concept because we changed the the standard deduction and, and all that. And we're seeing some thought given to where folks are now maybe pooling their, their charitable contributions, you know, every two or three years rather right. than spreading them out. Is that- right. That's related to a donor advised fund, mm, okay. which is a little bit, a little bit separate from this concept, but it can be related because, again, like you say, the standard deduction has gone up higher. And so, therefore, if you're going to maybe get any benefit from your charity, if you do this direct from your IRA, you will have a tax savings. Yeah, It's not much of a tax savings at the federal return, Mm. but you you do save definitely on your HIO taxes. Okay. So, So it is a good thing if um, if it makes sense for you and you can talk to your tax advisor again on that, but... That is really the kind of the best way to still take advantage of your charity. Yeah, very. If you're not, um, if you're over seventy and a half, if you're under seventy and right. a half, the donor advised fund is the better concept. Better way to go. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Um, now, talk about uh, are there some new payout rules as well? If if somebody passes away or how those pass to uh, you know individuals and that type of thing does has has some of that changed yes at all? that's that's the second uh, major area of change uh, okay. relating to this so the general rule now is of course everything can kind of change sure. the general rule but the general rule is your payout now happens in 10 years okay if your distribution if your beneficiary is not your spouse okay so if you pick your child, or your grandchild right. to be your beneficiary or, or friend or, or another relative, then it's a 10-year payout. Whereas before, um, it may have been 20 years, okay. 30, 40, 50 years. They could wow. have kept that money in the account. So this is a major, major change as well. So that can really change uh, some some 
uh, retirement and estate planning thought, if if the beneficiary then is not your spouse, you yes. need to rethink maybe how you balance things or whatever the case might be. Definitely. And we're really having, particularly if you have some people check, select their beneficiary to be a trust. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all my clients that are doing that and should be contacting their estate planning attorney Sure. Just to make sure that makes makes sense, because there can be different variables inside of the trust, and it may not be exactly what you thought it was going to be before under this new rule. Right. And so there's a lot of talk, and a lot of state planning attorneys will be wanting to review and make sure this is exactly how you intend things to be distributed okay. at, the, at the appropriate time. Yeah, I mean, that can have a big impact if you thought, well, I'm going to leave this part of the pie, perhaps over here, and that payout can be over this period of time. Especially if you were, um, you know, if any of your beneficiaries were your grandchildren, you know, in case your children had enough, you know, wherewithal to take and say, hey, just pass it down to my grandchildren. Now that's going to be paid out to them in 10 years, as opposed, again, it may have been 40 or 50 years. Right. And so that's a major major change. Better watch out if that grandchild is undisciplined, right? And they That's go, correct. They spend it <laughs> That's all. correct. Yes. Blow through that. So yes. You never know. Yes. Um, so now we talk about IRA in, in general. Now, do, do these same rules apply to Roth IRA uh, yes. distributions as well? The so same, yes. Traditional or Roth, either way. Right. Uh, okay. Right. There's one. There's a couple exceptions to that 10-year rule. Again, as I talked, if your beneficiaries are surviving spouse, that rule doesn't apply to them. Also, if you have minor children. Okay. But not minor grandchildren. Could be a different be exception as well of somebody who's disabled or chronically ill. Okay. That's another exception. And actually, that's it. So, okay. Oh, and beneficiaries not more than 10 years younger than the IRA holder. So, again, this is kind of a technical area. So, wow. you're going to want to check. Yeah. Out. And it, like everything, it's in the thought maybe to try to make it more simple, but it's more complex yes. in many ways. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there's also another couple categories that take a five-year payout. Oh, interesting. So, okay. so that's like if you name your estate to uh, be your beneficiary, which normally isn't something that we uh, choose to be have it that way, yeah. but sometimes that can happen. And that's a five-year payout Okay. as well as some charities. Okay. Interesting. So, so again, there's, it's a little bit, it's fairly technical area. Yeah. And again, it's something to be discussed with your tax advisor as well as your estate planning attorney because you want to have everything coordinated. And and that's a great point you make there, Wendy. And we we always advocate that is uh, for clients, get all of your professional advisors together at the same time. Yes. Now, don't have that those conversations separately, say with you on the, on the tax side or or your estate um, attorney, because stuff always gets lost in translation, right? Yes. And if you're all in the same room, all on the same page, you understand what's communicated and, and put it together and have the same understanding. It's just so much more efficient. So mm-hmm. we're always big advocates for that. Right. Talk a little bit about, we, we see, I, I, I see and hear more prevalence for the, the Roth IRA. Are you seeing that as well? Maybe talk a little bit about that. Uh, the potential benefits there and what what some trends are that you've right. seen. Right, I I, uh, I listened to a number of different uh, webinars on nationally known uh, presenters in this area since mm-hmm. since the Secure Act has come out and even before, 
And they've got some different concepts that they're talking about, and some of them do revolve around Roth conversions. Mm. And um, that's an area that people can make significant impacts if they do pay a little bit of tax now. Okay. Um, and particularly, you know, depending on their age, right. let that money grow tax-free forever, you right. know, forever, and even f- to your children and your grandchildren. Um, it can be tax-free forever. So. Right. It's very impactful, and if you you know if you're willing to pay some of the tax now, it can reap uh, pretty big rewards down the road. Especially at the current tax rates being fairly favorable. Again, right. I mean, unlike the traditional IRA where you're contributing, you know, stuff that is tax-free at the time, but you're paying tax upon the distribution. The Roth here, the benefit right. is pay that low tax rate now. And then, like you say, when when those distributions come, they can be tax-free. That can be a substantial uh, savings. Correct. And then if you're in this 10-year payout category, if you uh, have a traditional IRA, you you may want to take that money out systematically, you Mm -hmm. know, over that 10-year period so that you're not hitting it all into the highest tax bracket at the end. But with the Roth, you can keep that in there for another 10 years. Right. And so under the the rule of 72, if you, you know, have, you know, 60% or 70% of your assets in equities under a normal period uh, over time, over a 10-year period, that money can double. Mm-hmm. So by leaving that money in the Roth IRA, that full 10 years, I mean, if you had $200,000 in there now, it could be worth 400000 That's, again— fully tax-free, which is a tremendous benefit. Right. So that's the difference between the traditional and the Roth IRA. And then, again, being willing to pay some money up front now to have that benefit later. And again, that's where you want to get your advisors together and talk through the planning aspect of that, maybe achieve some type of balance there and, and, you know, think through all All of those things. And you don't have to convert all your IRA funds all at one time. You can do systematic, even if it's you know twenty thousand dollars a year. Right. If you're converting to that to a Roth over time, again, that's going to converts to tax free money. Yeah. So, are we seeing more of that where there there are these conversions to the to the Roth? Yes. Given the given yes. the current tax environment. Yes. I th- and it's and it make and it makes sense long term. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it, seeing definitely seeing more of that, and that's kind of one of the things. Again, the national uh, webinars that I've been listening to, that's an area that they're doing. And then kind of a a little bit more technical on top of that, if you do a larger chunk of a Roth conversion, they're even suggesting um, purchasing a life insurance policy, like a second-to-die life insurance policy. Interesting. To kind of make up for that loss of the money that you're paying out for your taxes now. Okay. And getting it back through another tax-free vehicle with the life insurance policy. Interesting. And so they're also talking about using charitable remainder trust as a way to kind of deal with this 10-year yeah. payout. So there's some different ideas out there that are, you know, coming forward um, as, you know, people yeah. it's, it's take a look at this even a more. A lot to consider, right? Yes. And- Again, it's... Uh, sometimes people just think of IRA as that money that's sitting out there in this yeah. pot and... I'm going to get to it eventually, but there are things that you can do now that can really maximize overall family wealth. Right. With this. And and again, you have to take all those things into consideration. It's, uh, you know, who those beneficiaries might be, what, 
your thoughts are for them, what your plans uh, might be in terms of any assets that you have, what what you want to do for them. Right. You know, all that, all those kind of, you know, soft issues, as we might call them, or people issues uh, certainly play a part in that. Right. So it's all, right. all part of the the whole whole pot, so to speak. And sometimes what we're seeing is sometimes people are retiring a little bit early and mm-hmm. before they're, you know, applying for Social Security. So they may be living a little bit more off of their um, investments. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, sometimes their income tax brackets can be lower. That provides a great opportunity for a Roth conversion too. I've seen numbers of people in that particular situation that they've kind of retired from their businesses and living gotcha. off their income before they start some other money flow. Yeah. And that's a great time to do Roth conversions. Okay. Okay. Now, what about folks who, you know, there's, uh, we're all active uh, for longer uh, now than, than we used to be maybe a generation ago. So, what about folks who want to continue working post, you know, age 70 or 72 in some fashion? Does mm-hmm. that impact uh, any of, any of this, these considerations as well? Well, you can still... Uh, under this new tax act, you can still can contribute uh, to an IRA as mm-hmm. long as you're working. You always have to have um, employment income coming in. Okay. You can still continue to di- uh, make a contribution to a traditional IRA. Okay. Under the new tax act, after age seventy and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also Roth contributions, if you're still working, have always been able to be done, even if you're over seventy and a half. Okay. So, and then they, you know, if they have making more money and they want to put more money away, there's some different just straight retirement benefit plans that are still available at that point in time. Yes. Yeah. So again, a lot to to balance and think through. It's right. all all part of that whole kind of work life balance and and where do you want to be? We often see uh folks who go through uh transaction with their business, some type of liquidity event. And if they walk away completely, they they really sort of struggle with that. So we're seeing more and more stay involved somehow and still yes. working and and a part of the business. So right. I think all those things are are beneficial. All right. I mean, the government uh, and the policies that they're having, and and like this um, this tax act, they are trying to make it more more opportunities for people to save. They recognize mm-hmm. that that is an issue here in the United States, and that's part of the reason why they delayed. You know, your retirement distribution to age 72 was able to have a little bit more gotcha. time to save if, yeah. if you can. Um, and again, it's just the government that knows that this is something that they want to stress and they're, they're making it possible to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But then they shorten your distributions to 10 years. So <laughs> it's typical, you know, once they give you one thing, they take it back from another spot. And that is definitely an area where there you go. the taxpayer is a— but, um, the good part about that, I'll just throw this out on that 10-year distribution. Yes, the money is being taxed sooner, right. quicker, but you are then converting that into the net amount after you pay your taxes. Sure. You are converting that to more traditional investments, which if you have qualified dividends or capital gains, long-term capital gains, that money will now be taxed at that lower rate. Oh, sure. Whereas the the growth inside of the IRA before was going to be taxed at your ordinary tax rate, which is traditionally higher than those rates. Good point. So, yes, you're being asked to pay that tax quicker, but it's then converting that money to a, a more tax-beneficial 
investment in the future as long as you don't spend it all. So you got to save, you know, yeah. you got to save some of that and it, then reinvest it in something at a lower tax tax advantage rate. And assuming those capital gains rates stay uh, lower yes. compared to yeah. ordinary Well, they've income. pretty much traditionally been lower than the ordinary rates, whether yeah. they'll stay at this, you know, who, who this rate for sure, but we're not going to predict, right? No, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, pretty good bet that they would be at, at still at a lower rate than ordinary rates. You would think, because the then the incentives would be so very different in uh, throughout the economy if right. that weren't right. uh, weren't the case. Right. So, what about anything else from a, a, a technical or or tax perspective that folks uh, should be aware of, uh, Wendy, as we move forward into to twenty twenty and and beyond? You know, if there's a a key uh, takeaway or something that that you'd like folks to really focus on in, in terms of what's out there? I think, again, just to make sure you're touching base with your state planning attorney mm. um, and just making sure everything is set up as you want it. And then thinking of, again, the, the Roth conversion is, is just really powerful and I, I think if you can take a look at that and, and, and talk with people and see if it makes sense to do some Roth conversions, again, even if they're smaller, even $10,000, $20,000 a year. Right. And then when you when you're time to retire, you can take some of that money out, um, but you're going to be kind of helping in your tax brackets because you're going to have part that's non-taxable yeah. and part that's taxable, and you kind of want to blend that as best as you can. Yeah, so, so have that balance in, in that. Right, and I'm also a CFP, which um, which I'm excited about all these kinds of yeah. areas. So um, it, it, again, it's an overall look. It's just not, how's my tax impacted right now? It's what's happening overall and for your entire family sure. down the road as these people, uh, as the beneficiaries inherit your money. Yeah. And what's the best overall, you know, I think you said it well, that, that that CFP, that's where it comes in, the certified financial planning part of it. You're not just thinking about compliance, you're thinking about planning. And that's right. what all this goes to. And that's the fun part where you feel like you can really advocate and, and help people, right? you know, think about their future and their family's future or, or whoever the beneficiary might be, whether it's charities and, and right. other things. So that's right. that's the great part. Yes. And again, I would advocate, talk to Wendy. She is uh, certainly an expert within our firm and, and a great resource that we have. And uh, when you get together with her, have a conversation uh, along with your other advisors, uh, your state planning attorney, whoever it might be, um, you can really come up with a, a great comprehensive plan. So yes, I would agree. That's awesome. So thanks, Wendy. Thanks for all your, thanks for all your insight and, uh, and uh, feedback today and some great tips and tidbits. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly podcast newsletter for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. 
The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.